we began a series on the concept of al-falah and the muflihun. That is true success as described by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the muflihun, those who are described as having attained that success. We mentioned that al-falah is the most comprehensive term for good in this life and in the hereafter as described by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we covered just two ayahs thus far, and we're still on the ayah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قَدْ أَفْلَحَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ That successful are the mu'minun. And what we gain from this without going into a lot of detail is that there is no success for somebody who does not have iman. That a person's success is to the extent of their iman. And without iman, there is no falah. So people who write these books, how to be successful and how to do this, but they don't have iman. And their entire view of success is built on this world, whether it is through fame or notoriety or wealth or otherwise, that this is not the true path towards success. And that because falah is so important, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned it in the Quran over 40 times. So that we're aware of what it truly means to be successful. So those who have iman, al-mu'minun, qada aflaha al-mu'minun. The believers are successful. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the quality of, or some of the qualities of these believers. Those who have khushur in their salat. And so we talked about some of the ways to attain khushur in salat. And this is a topic that could, could and actually should go on and on because there is no ritual aspect of our deen that is more important than the salat. Nothing that we do after the shahadatain verbally, right, that we say out loud that other people know about, there's none, none of the rituals of Islam that is more important than salat. In fact, there are two times Two situations when we stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Once in this life and once in the next life. And the salah, yani that is, the next life being correct, that standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, attaining success in the next life when you stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is built on standing in front of Him properly in this life. And so how you stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next life is based on how you stand in front of him in this life. If when the sultan calls you, if, if, if you were called before the king of a country, and you were told, make your petition, what is it that you want? But, but it's, a, it's an obligation. You have to, you, when you want something, you have to stand in front of the king. And you go in front of the king, and you're looking to the right, and you're looking to the left, and you're saying things to the king, and you don't even realize what you're asking for, and the king can tell. You can tell this person isn't, I told him to come and ask for what he wants, but he's not. The, the king is, at the very least, he's going to turn away from that person. Just say, forget him. What about when we stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we looking around in the salah, we don't realize what we're saying. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not a, it's not a matter of inference. When you stand in front of a person, they can infer, oh, it doesn't seem like he's in it. But Allah knows, not only from your external, but He knows what your heart is doing. So you can even pretend on the outside. You can fake cry. And people around you may think that you really have khushur. But your heart is somewhere else. 
And so it's very important that we realize, number one, how important khushu' is to the acceptance of our salat, to the completion of our salat. As the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, that a person will pray and only walk away with the tenth of his salat, a ninth, a eighth, a seventh. So it's important both for the acceptance of our salat and for the completion of the salat. But it's also important to note, to, to note that Ash-Shaddad ibn Aws, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, and others from us, the Sahaba as well, mentioned that the first knowledge that will be lifted from this earth is the knowledge of khushu'ah. Meaning that khushu'ah is something we need to learn. And Ikhwan, I want to emphasize this point. So many people come and say, I want to have khushu'ah in my salah. What do I need to do? If somebody came to you, I, I just want you to phrase that question. Put that question on the side. If somebody came to you right now and they said, I want to be a surgeon. I want to be a surgeon. What do I need to do? You could probably answer them in a matter of a minute, right? You could say, okay, you have to go to school for this many years. And then you, after you do your undergraduate, you need to go to medical school. After you do medical school, you have to do a residency. And after you practice general you know, uh, medicine, then you have to do this. That's the answer. But how long is it going to really take them? That's 12 years, 15 years. Do not think that because you go to somebody or because you listen to a khutbah that talks about khushur in 20 minutes, that you're going to walk away and you're going to have khushur. It takes work. But the same way a person is going to work because they want that degree, because they want a career, whatever it might be, it doesn't have to be medicine. Anything you want in life, you have to work at it. The same way that you're going to work at that, if you value your salat, which is the first thing you're going to be asked about when you stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from his rights, that's the first thing you're going to be asked about. If that's really important to you, then you have to work on khushur. And you have to realize that there's going to be levels that you go through. And it's a constant struggle. And it's not something that you're going to walk with and don't give up. That's the other point. That just because you heard a great khutbah motivated you and now you're ready to have khushur, and you have khushur in Jummah prayer, but then in Asr you kind of, kind of went back to your old routine. No, keep working. Keep pushing yourself. Because this is something that is the most important aspect of your deen after your creed. So from the ritual aspects, this salat is super important. And Allah told us in the Quran, وَاسْتَعِينُوا بِالصَّبْرِ salat. He says, seek assistance, seek that aid, seek help through sabr, through your patience and your forbearance, and through salat. And then what did he say? But salat is difficult and it's hard. Matter of fact, he said kabira. It's almost like it's too big, too much to handle. Salat. Then Allah said, illa al Except for the people who have khushur. Until you have khushur, salah is difficult. It's not, you're not going to taste the sweetness of it. You won't feel, you won't enjoy it. Like the Prophet said, That my enjoyment, the delight of my eyes was made to be in the salah. And notice that the Prophet said, not, In other words, it's the passive form of the verb, right? So the the majhud. 
He says, My enjoyment was made in the prayer. Not that I pushed myself so that I would enjoy the prayer. But in other words, Allah blessed me to enjoy the prayer. Which, which emphasizes a point that we talked about previously. And that is that when we talk about khushur, the first thing is that we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for that khushur. And not rely on ourselves. Because khushur is inside of you. It's in your heart. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this is a dua that you should make all the time. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Allah inni a'udhu bika min qalbin la yakhsha. Which shows you where the, where the khushur is. Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa would say, Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from a heart that does not have khushur. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from a heart that does not have khushur. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from a heart that does not have khushur. That should be a part of your daily routine. Make that dua in your sujood. Make that dua in your salah. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min qalbin la yakhsha. And there's a, there's a longer portion of the dua, but this is the part that we need to focus on right now for this particular khutbah, which deals with khushur. So the Prophet sallallahu would seek refuge in Allah from that, which means that it is evil, because the Prophet sallallahu did not seek refuge in something that was not evil. He used to seek refuge in Allah from the shaitan al-rajim. Right? He seeks refuge in Allah from not having khushur in his heart. So, Ikhwan, we talked last week or two weeks ago about some of the things that you can do prior to Salah that will help you have khushur in your Salah. Because the khushur does not start with the takbir. It starts way before that. The same way, same way that if you were having a meeting, okay, you, were, you told people we're going to have a meeting at 1 o'clock. Is the person that shows up at 1 o'clock on the dot, like the person that shows up at 12.55, 12.50, that person has had time now to sit down, get their computer open, get ready, start looking at the agenda, thinking about what that meeting is. The person that comes at 1 o'clock, they got to get right into it. It's totally different. Totally different. A person who shows up to class five minutes early, ten minutes early. It's not like the person who shows up when the bell rings. Because they haven't had a chance to get acclimated. So therefore, what we talked about was getting ready before your salah. Being there, if you can, when the imam, afan, when the mu'addin is saying, hayya ala salah, hayya ala al-falah. And you think about what that means, falah, that's right. This salah is success. And in order for me to have success in my salah, I need to have khushur. And you're reminding yourself of that. And at the, at the very minimum, that you're thinking about that when the mu'addin is calling the iqama. And so you're there when the adhan is called. And you're making dua in between the adhan and the iqama. And prior to that, as you're making wudu, your wudu is different. Because you're thinking about coming on the day of judgment. Ghurran muhajjaleen. That the Prophet ﷺ recognizes the believers that he never met before. But he recognizes them from the traces of their wudu. And so you think about that when you're making wudu. And you think about the fact that your sins are falling off. So you're getting ready to stand in front of Rabbil Alameen. That, and that is key. That we recognize that as we stand in the salah, we are having a private audience with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Allah out of his infinite mercy did not make there to be some inner, somebody who intercedes between us and him he gives us a private audience the prophet said when one of you is in prayer he is yunaji he's in a secret or private audience with his lord and in some narrations of that same hadith, the Prophet Sallallahu says, so let each of you look to how he, Yunaji, and he let each of you look to how he privately addresses his Lord. So the first part, after we prepare for the Salat now, and you're standing and you're about to pray, the first thing is to recognize the fadl of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala upon you. He has guided you to prayer. That he has given you this opportunity to address him. That he is giving you the opportunity because Allah only made it obligatory for us, the prayer, because he knows what benefits us. And so he's made that prayer come five times a day. You eat less than five times a day because prayer is more important than your, than your eating and drinking. It's important. It's important for your spiritual health. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, and so as you stand for salat, Think about the fadl that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you to make you be from amongst the people who stand for salat, who establish the salat. How many of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's servants have turned away from him, have rejected his bounty and his grace? And Allah azza wa jal has given us that favor. SubhanAllah. And then you say, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. And when you say, Allahu Akbar, you should recognize that you are saying that Allah is not Al-Kabir, because that is also true. But you're saying that Allah is Akbar, and that He is greater than. And, and it doesn't say Akbar from what? It doesn't say greater than this or greater than that, because Allah is Akbar from everything. And so whatever you had going on in your head before the Salah, whatever is distracting you, whatever is coming up or you think might be happening after Salah, Leave it because Allah is Akbar and you don't know if you'll make it even out of that salat. And so it doesn't really matter what's coming next. And pray that salat as you stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if it is going to be your last opportunity to worship Him. If we knew, as some of the Sahaba knew, right, when the time came for them and they were going to be executed by the enemies of Islam, so just let me pray to our guys. If you knew that you were going to be executed and you had the opportunity to pray two rakats, how would those two rakats be? That's it. You know that, that you are leaving the world for sure. That somebody is going to. But the reality is we don't, we're not guaranteed any next chance. And so every time we stand. We should stand with that intention of that being the last salat. Of when salat is over, not saying, oh, I wish I could go back and do it again. So Allahu Akbar, at the very beginning of the salat. And then immediately after that, you begin with dua al-istiftah. That is the duas that the Prophet Sallallahu would make to open up the prayer. Now, what I want to mention here, without going into detail about what these du'as are, is that you have to and you must, for khushur, 
Vary your routine. Do not do the same thing all the time. If that becomes mechanical for you, you're not thinking about it. And so you have to switch it up. Allahumma ba'id bayni wa bayna khatayaya kama ba'idta bayna al-mashriqi wal-maghrib. Oh Allah, distance, put distance between myself and my sins. The way that you have distance between the east and the west. Because now, as you say that dua, and you say another dua that the Prophet says, now it's, it's not mechanical anymore. Now you're actually thinking about what you're going to say. And this is super important for khushur. Because you can imagine, after you say Allahu Akbar, if everything after that becomes mechanical, then you are no longer in the, your heart is no longer in it. And so from the very beginning, from dua al-istiftah, you want to make sure that you recognize what you are saying and what you're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. And you should go back to the books of dua. There are specific books, walhamdulillah, translated into English that deal with the duas that you make in salat, and your adhkar in the salat. And so recognize what it is that you are actually saying in the salat. And inshallah, in the next khutbah, bi'idhnillah, we'll deal with some of the adhkar of the salat so that you realize what you're saying. And then immediately after that, you seek refuge with Allah from the shaitan ar-rajim. And seek refuge in Allah. Don't just say it off your tongue. Actually think about a'udhu. And what does that mean? What does a'udhu mean? Seeking refuge. It's like a person's... All of you have heard, and we have a crisis on our own borders of refugees. These are people who are fleeing... They're fleeing from a place that they find oppressive or where there's no economic opportunities for them or where there's political you know, problems. They're fleeing. And they're coming to a place that also has economic problems and political problems, and so, but they don't realize that. So they're coming here and they're looking for this place that's going to protect them from what they are fleeing from. A'udhu billahi min shaitan al-rajim. You are seeking refuge in Allah who will protect you from the shaitan al-rajim. But you have to think about that in your salah. If, if you're not thinking, then we haven't made it to the point of khushur. And so these are these things, recognizing what the takbir means. Dua al-istiftah, those prayers that you make to open immediately after, after the takbir, and then seeking refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the shaitan. All of these happen before you even recite Surah Al-Fatiha and they pave the road to having khushur in your salah. After preparing for your salah properly and getting all of the distractions out of the way and recognizing that Allah is Akbar and praying to him in the very beginning of that prayer, seeking his help and seeking refuge from the shaitan, we come to the most important conversation that we will ever have. And that is Surah Al-Fatiha. And if we realize that we are actually talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that Allah is responding, it will change your prayer. Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he narrated that the Prophet والسلام, said that Allah says, Qasamtu salata bayni wa bayna abdi nisfain. I have split up the prayer, the salah. He's referring to Surah Al-Fatiha. 
I've split up the prayer between myself and my servant, two halves. And for my servant, he will have what he asks for. Allahu Akbar. So when my servant says, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, when you stand in Salat, remember the Prophet said, when one of you stands in the Salat, he's having this private audience with Allah. So you say, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, and Allah says, Hamidani Abdi. My servant has praised me. Allahu Akbar. I mean, it's not just that you're making a prayer, but that Allah is directly responding to you. And who are you? And who am I? That Allah responds to every single Muslim who says, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. And when he says, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Athna alayya abdi. My servant has lauded me, extolled me. And when he says, Maliki yawmiddin, Allah responds, Majjadani abdi. My servant has glorified me. So there's a difference between saying, Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, Ar-Rahman rahim and saying, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Maliki Yawmiddin. Because when you do the second one, it's very difficult for you to stop and think that Allah is actually responding. When you say this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that is between me and my servant, and for him is what he asked. That's for Allah. Is actually implicit of a question asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his own. Asking for him to help you in what? In that ibadah. That, that's in, a question there is implied. Even though what you are doing is you're stating, Oh Allah, it's you alone that we worship. And from you we seek assistance. That's a statement. That's not a question. That's not a petition. You're not asking. But it is implicit of a question that you are asking Allah for his help. And then when you go on to say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that is for my slave. And for him is what he asks. In other words, Allah if you are sincere in asking to be guided to the straight path, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will guide you to that straight path. And that straight path is one of knowledge and actions. Beneficial knowledge and, and righteous actions. And keeping you away from those who have knowledge but don't act according to it, or for those who just do whatever they do and they don't have knowledge. And so you're asking Allah for beneficial knowledge and righteous actions to keep you on that straight path. If we recognize in Surah Al-Fatiha that we are having a conversation for, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is one of the greatest means to attaining khushur in your salat and everything else after that follows and that's what we'll be talking about bi ta'ala in the upcoming khutbah 